Hey, friends. What's up, Martin? Oh, hey. here we go again. All right. Deceiver. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> the great deceiver. Well, welcome back to another episode of the Dice Bar Gaming Podcast, episode 19. To recap what happened last time, we uh, started off the adventure uh, in the jungles of Sulta. You guys uh, were dealing with a Tyrannosaurus Rex, or you dealt with a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Did not fully realizing at first there were two of them, but quickly realizing there were two. That was going to be a much harder encounter, but uh, Lyrium's quick thinking of leading one away. The dice god spoketh, and one of the creatures, the one with the more acute senses, went after your major image, which puts off scent. This was all happening during a downpour. And uh, you guys finished off now, you know, it's mate. And it was mad, and you guys decided to uh, f this and let's let's run. I think I critted Yuri pretty bad for sixty mm -hmm. some odd damage. Yeah, you, you tried to swallow him. I tried to, and he didn't. He didn't use any kind of a catchphrase or "let's do that again" when he <laughs> ripped out of that thing. I'm disappointed. I'm just glad to be alive. Just a little disappointed. I think if I was. Uh, I, like maybe this might not be Yuri, but it's more like Bobby. It'd be like I prefer girls who spit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a very Bobby thing. <laughs> See, I would have been Bobby. Hey, I was being. I was actually no. Remember, I said I was going to be good that episode. Mm. You're all right. Yeah, I mean, I I don't edit these things, so I can't say for sure. But I'm just gonna go out on a limb based on the myriad of calculated and. Free data that you probably episode. weren't that good that episode. I think I was excellent. Um, <laughs> I'm excellent every episode. What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then you guys came out uh, on upon your uh, running like cowards you are. Uh, you came upon <laughs> we a, strategically <laughs> retreated like bitches. You came upon a path when the rain suddenly stopped. The sounds of the pursuit of the Tyrannosaurus, which was getting pretty close, stops as well. And this uh, cobblestoned path led to a church of Oma. Beautiful moon rays shining upon it, exquisite marble and stained glass windows. And you le leads you inside. A sense of calm comes over you as a harp is being played by a dark-haired woman, played by Cherise Theron, Bobby's crush. Oh, yeah. Lyrium joins in, and a sense of utter calm comes over you guys. And uh, this woman begins to speak with you and talks with you, seeing if you're committed to... Well, first she asks you why you're here. You guys eventually say, we're here for the finger bone. And she goes, I'll just give it to you if you leave. Don't mess with anything here unless you want to see it. Essentially, she... Said, don't start something you can't finish. I'll give you the finger bone just to go away. And each and every one of you, except for maybe Reen, was a little reluctant in that whole, like, fine uh, kind of deal. Mm -hmm. um, you guys are willing to see this thing through, which is the eradication of Maraxia, Mun Mahuldi, and then this unknown child, apparently, of Bythola. A, a three-headed snake, if you will, is... Dominating, dominating the Valley of Kings, where uh, there's apparently a si slave city uh, in this valley, and a city also that Mun Mahuldi rules over called Paradisia. 
you're not sure exactly how everything fits in. That's kind of your gist that you have. It, it sounds like they sell like really fruity drinks there. Paradisia, yeah. yeah. And uh, she says, unless you're willing to see this through, uh, do not interfere with anything. And you guys, no, no. Like, uh, you guys have had some pretty nifty speeches of dealing with this evil. And like, well, now we're doing this. We're seeing it through. And then at the very end of the episode, she says, fine. Something to the extent she said, uh, you will have to deal with the dragon, deal with the bitholites, and eventually me. And some of you have got the idea who this is as players, uh, maybe even before that happened. But it's quickly dawning upon your characters that this person might be somebody important. <laughs> so we will kick off I think there. She was pretty clear on who she was. Yeah. I, I think she may even have said it. <laughs> no, she didn't say it. I, I just listened to it. Uh, she didn't say it. Pretty yeah, clear, so. Though. Moon rays shining in through this temple, a sense of calm quickly, maybe leaving your bodies. And I, sh- I remember I described her as floating with a 10, over 10 foot train of a dress just hanging. And she's you know, about 10 feet hovering over you guys, looking down at you. No menacing quality to her, but one of termination. Still don't feel good about the situation that we're in. All right, what are you guys doing? Lyrium, you're the closest one to her. You were playing music and speaking with her. Yeah, go leader. They are uh, close behind you, maybe five feet or so, but mm-hmm. you are right there in front of her. Your ha- head is canted up because you have to look 10 feet. Actually, she's 10 feet in the air, her feet, so she's probably actually more like 15 feet eye contact kind of thing. But her dress is open at the bottom. Nope, it's a long <laughs> fifteen. Remember, it's a long. It's a, this is why she probably has such a long dress. It's it's fifteen feet <laughs> so long. So it's not to reveal. When anything. I sorry, it's fifteen <laughs> foot long past her feet. Oh, so it's just drooping. Yeah, drooping. The spawn. Uh, it, it's billowing out like the spawn cape does, almost on its own without wind. We could, so we can grab the dress and take her with us like a Macy's balloon. Maybe. <laughs> That's, that That's how we'll get around from place to place. <laughs> um, I'm just going to keep strumming. So, I believe, I suspect, you might have a great deal of information for us if you wanted to share it. I do, and I don't. My memories only go back so far. My present information is lacking. And I think if we ask when it's not lacking, we won't like the answers we get. Hmm. Much of what I have to say will be dated information. But for someone who is clever, Maybe it could be of use. Well, fuck us. <laughs> the other amount of information is you're not my only visitors I ever get. I hear things. The valley whispers. I will help you as much as I can. Do you know who I... What I am? 
I believe we do. Say it. Still strumming, just... You are... Man Mahuli. I... was. Yes. Then you will be again when the moon turns in time. Not necessarily. I am a fragment of what she was. What she had to sacrifice to Rafat, but could not be killed fully. She, her head cants, and she looks towards the uh, altar that's been center stage of this temple. You do see, now that you're closer to it, uh, dark, old-looking red stains upon the altar, like something was sacrificed upon it a long, long ago. Not a certain amount of blood, not like thousands died upon here, but maybe a singular <sighs> creature. Religion check for each of you. Nope, nope, I don't have it. <laughs> I guess I can try a, for a legend lore. 31. I don't even know why I rolled. <laughs> 31, that's You're a, a priest! Come on! I know, but I rolled really bad. <laughs> 31 and... 24. 24, okay. Uh, the 31 will get you a little bit of extra there, so give me a second, uh, Solaris. But the base knowledge you're getting right now, uh, Lyrium, is you're not... This is a... This might be an undead or a spirit or something you're looking at here right now. For you, Solaris, Rafet is a uniquely awful goddess. And she demands some sacrifices that are sometimes even like beyond what you're starting to think Mahuldi might have killed herself here. Gotcha. Ripped her own heart out, maybe? Some something. You're not sure exactly is she the same kind of thing you are, you don't know. But she might have killed herself. I don't here. think I ever rolled a legend lore on the the shadowy thing we fought, her one of her daughters. Uh no, you didn't know. Can I do that now? Uh, I'll since it's old information. It, it's a she was a shadowy. She was undead-ish as well. Maybe like then she was living, but she was partly in the shadow realm. Yeah. But I don't think that these two people, that her and this are the same. Or no, no, no. Okay. Hmm. All right. What other visitors do you get here? Travelers who have gone astray like you. It's all about timing. The full moon must be out for me to manifest. It's almost like destiny you're here now at this time. We've been led around quite a bit by destiny. But whatever you can tell us of the whispers you've heard from the jungle might be very helpful. Man Mahuldim is a creature obsessed with power now. But we weren't always like that. We wished to get away from the shackles of our station in Vadryphos. We were a very young Berun, a high noble one of the higher houses. Understand, 
Madryphos, give or take, has from 60 to 80 noble houses, great noble houses, who vie for station, vie for rungs on a ladder to ever grow higher. My family was in the upper echelon of this ladder. And tragedy and war and sicknesses, destiny, however you want to put it, put me as the sole heir to this fortune at the age of 11. And I was left alone. And many manipulated me and tended to use me for a long time. And I grew into a beauty as well. And I hated all of it. Mm. We obsessed over the empire which had fallen. Emperor Ravane had been gone for a few hundred years during this time. But we always thought if we could only achieve the power he had, maybe we could get out from under this shackle we were meant to be under. So we turned to Rafet after a while. Oma is a goddess of unfathomable power. She tried to lead us away from this path that she knew would be self-destructive. We did not listen. However, she had a, we had a conscious for a long time. Many of the things, the ghoul queen, we did not do. But many of them we did. We were run out of Vadryphos eventually, and we made our way to the Reaching Kingdoms. There we found the finger bone and different other treasures that we used to gather power. Still obsessed with the old empire, we fled to here from the Reaching Kingdom. Reaching Kingdom is where you guys are coming from, mm-hmm. in case you guys remember. And geographically speaking, you have to cross a vast ocean, the Unending Sea. <laughs> it's got that name for a reason <laughs> to get here. That's why there's no humans here. It's nay impossible to cross that sea. So how she got here is also as a question popping in your head right now. Like, wow, that's that's a long way. That's like me saying I went to, like, you know, I don't know, like the New World back in the day, you know, in the 15, 1600s. I went to the New World and got away. And you're like, how the hell did you get over there? You know, kind of thing. Um, like, it's known about, but it's not widely traveled. She clearly didn't swim. She may have. She's got thick arms. <laughs> we eventually found here... Through our research and other information that we sought through darker means, we found that the Empire, Ravain, had a palace here in the jungles of Sota. It was his last known location. Can you guess what the palace is called now? Paradisium. Paradisia, correct. She, we, had to have it. So she needed more power. Something beyond 
what we were. And Rafet demanded a sacrifice of everything innocent within us. And we made the sacrifice here hundreds of years ago. I am what remains. How old are her children? The youngest, I believe, though time works differently here for me, is over a hundred years old. Are they all the same age? No. Just making sure, because give up everything innocent that was in us, within us. I was thinking maybe she was pregnant with triplets. Did the one that took my heart look older than the one that no, they I look killed? kind of the same. Okay, just curious, just curious which one I murdered. <laughs> Does the imagery, does she have like a scar on her chest as no. well with a perception check? No, no, no scars. Anything, if anything, she her skin is al alabaster, like white, pure, as the driven snow kind of look to it with a little bit of shimmery to it. So the visage that we're seeing now is the purity that was removed from the body and it's been held here the entire time. If what she's saying is true, then yes. Has has your soul passed to Rafet? Mine, mostly. Oma keeps the rest. Then there is some hope. Perhaps. I grow weaker by every full moon. Things have changed recently. I do not know what the change is, but I feel even less of the fraction that I am. I can help you in other ways than information when we are done. So, with that being said, what are your questions? Are there any weaknesses of that which we would face that you know? Is the child but a child? Most in... Is his... Lineage, what is most important? Or does Which, he have power? Can he be slain easily as a child You speak of would? the child of Baithola. Yes. I do not know many details of him, other than he is a child as you would see it. I think eight. So he may still be quite powerful, even with his limited years? From my understanding of the children of Baithola, she doesn't... Birth many, but each one represents all the great plagues the plane has ever faced. So being near him would be bad? I don't know. But his what capacity to carry a great sickness is almost certain. Uh, would that be a religion check, Marty? Sure. Well, what's your question exactly? What do you want to know? Uh... Like, is he anything, is he, should we just kill him from as far away as possible, or? That you will not, that religion won't tell you that, you don't know. I'm just saying, like, um, is he just, is he just a plague carrier? Is that his superpower? Or is he like. Could he have more? Oh yeah, he certainly have more. Gotcha. Any godchild of any. Yeah. I don't know if that, that was all she did, was give them the ability to carry sickness really well. Oh, they all, that is their primary. Gotcha. But because he's only eight, yes, according to what she's saying, eight years old is pretty young to be powerful. You know yeah. what I'm saying? 
I mean, you can probably guess that he's probably not super powerful. Yeah, that you can tell, but you don't know. He's pre-Superman. He's pre coming into Superman. coming into the powers, but the one is constant because it's a plague. Yeah. I just don't want you to get sick, man. I'll be fine, but you, you, I worry about. I, I'm concerning myself for you. I'll be fine. I'm kind of a dead uh, thing right now. I don't get sick. <laughs> Maybe. Who knows? You may not physically feel it, but you'll <laughs> show it visually. <laughs> Tell us w in which importance uh, that we should handle each of these adversaries. Again, my information <laughs> is... Limited. Limited from the day I was sacrificed. She had not made any deals with anything at that point but what from I I have heard they all fear Maraxia more than anything else she is what resides over the rest of us what but does Maraxia covet the most power they fear of something coming they fear their little slice of heaven here is going to be taken away, and they are making moves to secure it, seeking forbidden lore within the mountains and the ruins around the King Valley of Kings. They fear the Ark. The doorway? Yeah. From my understanding, they have full control of the Valley of Kings. With the exception of one mountain. Ooh, which mountain? That's where the swordsman is. There is a peak on the southern half of the Valley of Kings, near Volsharaz itself. It is that peak in which they will not get near. That's where we're headed. That could be our swordsman. Seems like a logical place to start. Sure, the claw. Or the what? The claw we pulled from the dead dragon. Pull out the rudimentary weapon. Mm. <laughs> you have a claw of Maraxia. She was wounded during her battle with the other dragons. Is that where you got this? We pulled it out of the chest of the dragon that was being tortured in the valley. Uh. This will serve as a, a strong weapon for you, if harnessed correctly. I need a forge to properly make a. It's weapon about out the of. harnessing correctly that we're uncertain of how to do. I am no artifact, artificer. I do not know how to create such a thing, though it has her being within it. I think it would prove valuable against Maraxia, especially. Would be my guess. Bad that uh, fire giant's forge, maybe. <laughs> so we need to make it to the swordsman. Well, you could also. She knows of Paradisium. You could ask her about if there's any great forges in Paradisium. Could we get into Paradisium without being under attack? From my understanding, those who come in and out are very, very. Limited. The city is 
cloistered from the outside world. Those who live within it don't realize what is beyond its wall. But it's not unheard of for strangers to come and go? Mm, strangers would be exterminated no. immediately. But there might be ways in. I don't know. In the slave city, more than likely will be tried to be slaves. Out of all my visitors I've ever had, none have been in and out of Paradisia. Only Volshara. The slave city. Creatures are brought from all over. Races from all over. We could fake shackle you up there, Reen, and bring you in as a captured species. The Wookiee strategy. Yes. I mean... I said fake shackled. (laughs) (laughs) That's all we want to hear for you, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) He says he's all right with it. Are you sure that didn't sound? And you get to be yeah, naked. He said he's so all right you get with to swing it. Listen, does anybody Look. else speak Wookiee? I didn't think so. I wish I could give you more information, but these are the walls I s- I'm around. This is where I die, and this is where I reside. <laughs> How were you planning to retrieve the finger bone? I have minions. I can control some of her minions for a short time. If I were to retrieve the finger bone for you now, it would alert everything of your presence. And you would have to leave. Could you use it, this control, to sow doubt amongst their ranks? At a crucial moment? I can help you. I have ways. Yeah. <clears throat> if you are done with your question. What can we do to help you? How might we set you free? Hmm. I must be destroyed. Killed. Whatever it is I am now must be undone. I do not feel... Without my help, you would stand a chance against me. But, as so destiny would have it, you are here before me. I can tell you are powerful and stand a chance. But together, I think that chance is much greater. I will go with you, in a sense. Upon my blessing, I can protect you of, from much of what I can do now. And if need, sacrifice what I am to give you a great advantage. After you leave here, we will not speak again. But if you agree, I'll still be with you. So whatever words you have, say them now. I wish to know about my condition. You are a revenant. This I know. If my 
heart is destroyed? Will it be the destruction of my soul? Or will my soul be set free? If the box in your heart is destroyed, you will be destroyed. You could hold the box in your very hand. Sub-revenants of the past have had to bear that weight. And you would never be able to open it. Only the one who did this to you can open it. It is why it is as nasty of a curse as it is. Maybe not the most powerful Archmage, but damn near close holding it and would not be able to open it. There is no tricks. You are stuck between a box and a hard place. <laughs> it is as I assumed. It is one of the most vile of curses anybody can put upon. Because it is up to you. You could choose self-destruction. She can't make you do anything. But you would either A, live out the rest of your life as you are. You're nay, indestructible. You could throw yourself in a volcano. And, yeah, might work for a while. But a thousand years after it cools, you'll find yourself rising from it. Do you understand the hell you're in? I do. And I know that it is unlikely that your daughter will keep her word. As long as I prove mm. to be a useful tool. You have a chance for her to tell the truth. If you leave, then now you're out of her hair. After what she asked you to do is done. I wouldn't guarantee her treachery in that part. Because it's self-serving. You are powerful, as I said. It would be advantageous for her to, for you to leave after you're done. So don't count on the treachery. If that makes sense. I have a certain prejudice against Raphetites. Ah. You're Degothians. As you would. Hell on the plains, so to speak. If no one has any other questions, I think it's about time we get on with our escapades. May I ask your next move, you think? We're going to go see the swordsman in the mountain. Mm. Careful. He is a veteran of the last annihilation. He has dealt with Zypherel himself. Well, then hopefully he will be an ally. Do you know his name? Yeah. But I will not utter it here. It's way cooler this way. <laughs> <laughs> you have a stench among you. Something that he looks around like we all look at Reem. <laughs> <laughs> Something that pushes your group. An archmage whose stench permeates this whole jungle. I am familiar with what guides you, and I would not dare disobey his directives, even as myself now. You don't fuck with time. 
Yeah, except for I think he's been fucking with time quite a bit. Well, that's his purview. Hey, can you set us off in the right path for the lower? Your no. hero can tell you about your benefactor. Hero? Our hero? I mean, the one you seek. Ah, okay. Well, I say we take her with us as a blessing. Then let's go find this hero. I agree. I am going to play another song, Master Bard. It would behoove of you to remember it and take it within your skill. Mm -hmm. For if you play it before me, it will rattle me. I will play very close attention and learn this song. And as I play this song, I will be bequeath you a blessing. Me upon you. As long as one of you have this blessing within you, you can use me against her directly. But this will destroy the fragment in which you speak to now. Solaris, she's speaking. So before you're gathering, and I'm giving you this kind of for free with your uh, knowledge of Dagotha and the afterlife and how souls are supposed to transit, right? Mm -hmm. You're starting to gather, or have gathered, maybe by now, that Mun Mahuli is a fragmented soul. You ripped her soul in half in order to get rid of her innocence. Yes, and you're dealing with a part of the soul, and she is saying you can destroy this part to gain a great benefit if you ever face her. However, that is... He, the, the death warrant, your new death warrant to the group might not realize that is a big no-no in your tenant. Yeah. So, just putting it out there. You're not even sure if this fragmented soul that's speaking with you now is aware of that fact either. She's acting like... Uh, in fact, she's acting like she's not aware of that fact. She's like, just do it if it comes to it. I'm not saying you have to say anything right now. I'm just saying that's what's running through your, your head now. Um, it's not going to destroy her now. She's saying if you... As long as you guys have her blessing, in game terms, she's about to bless you. Uh, as long as you guys have one of her her blessing within one of you, you will have the option of using her against herself during the fight with Mun Maholdi. I would ask you to stop now, madam. It is against the tenet of our death warden what you asked to do. The destruction of a soul, even for the benefit of destroying... A refetite is against the doctrine of Dagotha. You will need my blessing to succeed, so the choice will be your and your groups. The only one I cannot bless is her. She points at Chimerian. The curse in which envelops her prohibits it. Chimerian just makes a face. You know, it realizes Megan, like, asshole? <laughs> like, she kind of gives her an asshole. <laughs> So do with this power what you will. But in the hundreds of years I have dwelt here, I feel your group is the best chance of ending this. And this must end. I grow weaker every day. My fragmented peace is doomed if I am to stay. So if your tenet is correct. You notice her voice kind of changes inflections too, by the way. Your nose, I'm, I don't know if you guys have picked up. I've done a couple different inflections. If your group is to succeed and you want my soul to endure, then defeat her without using the boon I bequeathed upon you. 
but as long as it remains in with one of you, you have the option. Fair. I I looked at the death warden. I'll do my best not to have to use your blessing. Hmm. I will take it. Pay attention, Bard. And she goes into a soft melody at first. Sad. She's playing a song there, Bard. Let's get a perform to remember it. And perform. Stringed performance. Stringed performance. Which that I don't think you're going to a... have much of a hard time. Yeah. Mm. 21. Total? Yeah. Okay. Uh, you have taken it within your memory. If you work on it, maybe over the next whatever, maybe you can even perfect it more. Because it wasn't the greatest of rolls, I'm assuming. No, mm, it was not. But <laughs> you have a 20 was to get it. And you got it. And okay. it is... You are a man of music. Your first love, would I would assume, is for Lyrium's music. Mm-hmm. And it is a truly heartbreaking tune. Um, there's no no music or no uh, singing to it. Just the melody just tugs at your heartstrings. No pun intended, or actually the pun was very intended. Uh, and and when she finishes, you are all blessed with Death Ward. Oh. That is actually very good. Not Understand. as good as it was in 3.0, but still good. Death Ward. This Death Ward has no time limit, but if it saves your life, it is gone. Gotcha. Let me know when you guys are all up. Okay. The subject gains a plus four morale bonus and saves against all death spells, magical death effects. The subject is granted a save to negate, to negate such effects even if one is not normally allowed, the subject is immune to energy drained and all negative energy effects, including channel negative energy. The spell does not remove negative levels that the subject has already gained, but does remove the penalties from negative levels for the duration of its effect. Death Ward does not protect against other sorts of attacks, even if those attacks might be lethal. So game-wise... If you have to roll a death save versus a spell, and you decide to utilize the death ward bonus, your death ward is gone after that. Okay. So if you want the plus four, you or, let me know. Or if you need the plus four, is it? Do you have to decide to use it, or if it falls outside? Yeah, I'll let you decide. No, okay. no, wait. No, I want it beforehand. I want it beforehand. Okay, so you have to decide to use it. Yes. Uh, before you roll. Okay. Yes. But it can save your life. Uh, and once you have used it, it is out of you, and you will no longer have the option at that point to use her blessing on the dealing with Munmahuldi. Make sense? Yep. So for one save, I could be a plus 17. There you go. Or 19 if Lyrium was like, courage. Yeah. In yeah. Lyrium, you can write Mun's song or Mun's melody. Mun's melody, I like that, if you want as a song. And you can, as long as you, apparently you can play that during facing her and it will, it will render bonuses right. or negatives. We'll call Who it Mun's, we'll call it Mun's Embrace. Mun's Embrace. 
All right, let's get to party going. And we're walking. We're, walk, we're climbing a mountain. She, running from a T-Rex. She finishes the melody. You feel the blessing within each of you. You understand exactly. You feel pretty good. Uh, you, you feel exactly what bonus <laughs> you feel. sort what of bonus invincible. You feel pretty <laughs> invincible. And after she finishes playing, you notice her body is semi-translucent. You can see through her a little bit. I will summon now one of our allies. She will take you through the most of the mountain passes, as close as I dare to get, without alerting myself of your presence. I waited in the courtyard, and good luck, heroes. Please Give her a curt bow. save us. And she begins to fade, fade, Yuri and bows. I guess we'll wait somebody in the curt what curt. So as we're walking to wherever we're meeting this lady, tell me about these tenants. <laughs> I didn't get a booklet. After about ten minutes of waiting in this courtyard, crickets are chirping, the bright stars are still illuminated below above you with the, the moon beaming down upon you. You start hearing a <laughs> Look up. And you see branches shift and leaves move about as a powerful wind and gusts of powerful beating wings are above you and the stars start blotting out as a gigantic creature lands. It is humongous. In the Lord Humongous? Lord Lord Humongous. <laughs> it is an eagle. 30 foot long. Boss? <laughs> uh nature? I do not have nature, so no. Uh, I could roll the legend lore, I suppose. That, that's what I'm doing. It's a legendary creature? Sure. 19. I think the only one with <laughs> nature is Lyrium. Uh, yeah. All our hopes are put on you! <laughs> uh, 33. Hey! 33, that is a rock. Do that you is smell with uh, uh, the rock ROC <laughs> it is a yes. gigantic eagle capable of picking up an elephant they're that big but this one he raises his eyebrow at you it's once <laughs> it's once luminescent wings of much have been of golden and silverish feathers are mostly now molten and part of its rib cage is exposed and it has an empty eye socket and one eye as an undead rock lands before you guys. Oh, which makes it really creepy when it actually vultures are eyebrow at you. It's constantly has vultures circling around over its head and you see even one every once in a while land and peck at it, but it doesn't seem to bother it as it regards you all. This is Mun Mahuli's mount. Are you serious? Uh, <laughs> um I just wanna kill it. <laughs> Alright. It it makes a creaking noise like tree branches, dry tree branches rubbing against each other, and it offers its claw out for you guys to stand upon it. Uh, all right. I'll be first. Yeah. I really want to just put this thing out of its misery, but... It has no emotion. No, it looks like it's under a trance of some sort. I hope it don't wake up from that trance mid-flight and be like, what is this? Eh. <laughs> Heard of death metal, but this is a death rock. <laughs> rock you guys and throw. all get on board. We get yeah. aboard. Yeah, let's get on board. Let's get and moving. It takes before off with a scar. 
<laughs> this is the first flying experience for most of you. And it reaches up towards the clouds. These vultures are all trying to tra trail after it as fast as possible. You see the jungle below you get small into like a, a model. It looks like a model now. And you're heading up. So you're heading over this mountain range here on the map. It's my, if you had to hike this, it probably would have taken you at least a week. F best, you know, if you can find the mountain passes and stuff. So you're skipping so what we'll do days is, of travel through the mountains. Because I know the bird can't go to the mountain that he's at. We're going to swing by every mountain until it's like, nope, not going to that one. So we'll park the closest to it and then we'll go to that one. Uh, you guys are not directing this thing at all. You're in its claws. It could drop you if it wanted to. Um, soft landing, please. <laughs> Your ears are popping. You guys are cold. A thousand feet in the air. I'm not cold. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> As it finally starts descending, descending into the mountain range. And it finds a little plateau between two uh, mountain areas. Actually looks like a ruins of some sort. As it lets you down gently. <laughs> And it looks down at you guys one more time. And, <laughs> and your hair and your skin. Like, wow. That, that, you feel like a thing could like throw you with its wing, wing strength alone. Not that it's an attack that it has. You're going to see it later or anything like that. And it takes off into the sky. You have a feeling you're going to see this thing again. Someday. Should have planted a bomb in his chest for later use. You have a bomb? Did you just carry yeah, around we, C4 you haven't told us about? We got, the skeleton, we got the goblin head bomb. You guys think that that thing is so much more impressive than it is. <laughs> it's like 2D6. It's you need to stop nothing. thinking of it as this, like, but you this, put it at this core. ending of the world. It's like, oh, I'll use the goblin bomb on it. It'll be fine. <laughs> it's what so close need. to being dead. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what I wish dead. we had was more of those casks. We need to find Yeah, if we had a bunch of those casks. casks That'd be a different well, story, but the goblin bomb is not that impressive. Technically, I could make a bomb. Technically, I, you should, then. I am an alchemist. <laughs> um, you guys are now in the cold. Not cold. You are in the jungle still, but the sheer difference of... Uh, altitude. Altitude has yeah. made it, like, chilly. Uh, All that out. humidity is not great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's not snow on the ground or anything like that, but you can see your breath. Gotcha. And there's a long, old and we're in a cobble. ruin. Hmm? Tell us, tell me about this ruin. It's not so much a ruin as an old cobbled road. Okay. Uh, overgrown with moss and just aged. Uh, the fact that it's still here is pretty impressive. Uh, like a Zulian made kind of thing. Maybe it is. A unique, it's not the seam. It might be a Zulian. Yeah. Huh. You never knew they were in the jungles Their of Sultan. Their empire stretched all over. You're not sure. If you, you didn't think it came down here. And honestly, like, it was mostly the continent on which you guys reside. This is yeah. a different continent. Well, um, I come from underground. I don't really know much yeah, about enough. them. <laughs> well, um, now that we know what little bit we know, then we, they probably came through the freaking Arkham. And as, so. you know. Okay, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I, I posed the, the question to the group. Are these Azulian roads? You got to do ancient history. Sure, go for it. Yeah. Uh, I'll do legend lore. <laughs> I got three, so no. 
And I got a 33. 30, nice. And Yuri, you get a memory check, which is an intelligence check. <laughs> I probably would not have made that. Pretty sure not on a two. Okay. Lyrium, mm-hmm. you, these are, in fact, ancient Azulian cobblestones, the way they are laid out. You have not seen this for some months, actually. The first time you've ever seen these kind of cobblestones laid out the way they are, when when you met first met the group, way hmm. back, way back in grave, uh, earth grave, earth grave. And as you're pondering what this could mean, because these have no business being here, we're gonna pan up out from your group into the sky and back to where you guys came from, and our vision is grayed out a superior night vision so to speak the jungle is alive every all the crickets are making little reverberations like your senses are super accurate and you can see the smallest of insects in the trees and the leaves and like any good video game like i think the witcher does it and uh, red dead redemption the sense like of different colors, uh, a snake is putting off a green scent and it's wafting through the jungle. And then you'll see like a blue scent of a, a bird flying above. And is this confusion? You just feel confusion as it's looking through the jungle. But then red scents come from above and a large whoosh as you look up. And you see what your query has been this whole time. What you hunt for vengeance has taken off and headed east over the mountain path. And as the T-Rex, determined to follow its query, heads toward the mountain. Man, talk about holding a grudge. Yeah, seriously. (laughs) 